back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Strick's playing the guitar over there on the other end. Soon I'll be playing bagpipes. Uh, that's <laughs> we were talking about the other day. We still don't really know how bagpipes work. That's kind of a. They were talking about that on the guess the happy hour. They're always. But about but here's the thing: is it an Ireland thing or is it a Scottish thing? I think it's Scottish. See, that's what I'm saying. But I'm I don't not even positive. Think it's an Ireland thing. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. About but that. as a Celtic. Former Celtic. Did they I am play going the into the right? I'm going no, but I'm going into the right atmosphere being a former Celtic. <laughs> that's, you, true. that's all I got to say. You're going to have to wear some of your green. Some of your green that you got while you're playing with the Celtics. Uh, I'm Nate Brennan. He is Eric Strickland. You're listening to On the Block 93.7 The Ticket 402-464-5685. That's the Honda Lincoln Hotline. The Starter Heyman text line. We want to hear from you guys. And also we want to hear from Evan Bland. Have you started packing green? Are you heading over to Ireland? You know, unfortunately I am not actually making the trip, believe it or not. Uh, my colleague Sam McEwen's heading up there. We're having some uh, photographer head out and, and a little bit of other personnel. But I'm holding down the domestic bureau here this week, so you know, I, I've made I've made my peace with it. Like I've, I think I've come to the conclusion that like saying that you're going is kind of cooler than going. Like in the sense that you know, there's a big time change difference, and uh, it, it's going to be quite the haul. But yeah, I, am I a little jealous? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to try to. A Guinness locally and and just kind of seeing what the local uh, you know the local vibe is out there in Ireland. It's not every day you get a chance to go overseas, but now I'm I'm going to be watching it on TV and and hanging out. But uh, you know, for those who do go, I hope uh, hope it's a great time. Hope people can get in some golfing and some uh, you know adult beverages and the like. Well, Evan, you're talking about Irish and Guinness. They have that at McKinney's. So if you're not doing anything for the game, uh, definitely hit me up because we can head over that way. My second question to you, do you know how to play the bagpipes? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, you know, I was I was wondering, is that like, do you blow into it like a flute? Like, is it a straight stream of air or is it like, uh, is it a woodwind? I don't know. Is it like a saxophone where you kind of blow into it that way I, I think i need to learn a little bit more about it yeah it, it's one of those <laughs> things no i have no idea it, it seems like I, I always wondered i'm like it seems like there's constantly um a wind and i'm like do they just have that kind of breath in their lungs or and it sounds like they continuously blow which fills the bag so then the bag comes and then they'll press the bag press it out and they'll okay. press the bag down, and then they'll play, and then they'll keep blowing. But as it's taking in ear, it's taking the blow that you're filling the bag back up, which continues the, the the you know the sound that comes out of the bagpipe. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but that's what it looks like well, when, I, when I've well, seen it play. You know, I'm I'm totally out of my element on this, but like it seems it seems to me that it's like one of those electric bikes that you can pedal when you want, you know, and if you need yeah. the electricity to go up the hill, you can do that. It's like, I think it's the same kind of deal where, where you're right, you blow into it, but like if you're taking a breath or if you want to break, you can squeeze out sort of the, the, the air that you've built up in there into some notes. Yeah. 
I think that's right, but man, maybe someone smarter than me can can educate me on that. Well, Evan, believe it or not, we do not uh, call you for your bagpipe expertise. We call you for <laughs> Nebraska football and baseball. So let's go ahead and get into that. It uh, looks like the Huskers will head out Monday night. They'll get into Dublin, then 10 a.m. Tuesday morning uh, in Ireland. So we're heading to we're heading to Ireland. We're getting ready for Northwestern. Who are some of the players that you've had on your radar here in fall camp that Nebraska fans should really be looking out for? Well, you know, I think one of the biggest points of intrigue is what what a lot of these transfers look like. How does that how does that uh, that influx of new talent mesh with the the guys they have coming back? So you know, I think there are a number of guys that we've heard about in camp, maybe that we've seen film on from other teams, but how do they integrate? Like, obviously, O'Shawn Mathis is one, uh, Casey Thompson is one, but I'll tell you a guy who I'm really interested to see who, you know, maybe is a little bit more under the radar is Tommy Hill. And, and yeah. he's got some some major praise as a cornerback uh, from his position coach, Travis Fisher, from Eric Shenander, the D.C. I mean, they're, they're, they're saying stuff about him, like that he can be special, that he can – uh, you know, I think Fisher mentioned something along the lines of if he has the kind of career they think he could, you know, his number could be on the side of Memorial Stadium someday. And this is a guy with four years of eligibility left. Like he yeah. was somebody that Nebraska wanted out of high school. He chose Arizona State and they had a coaching change. And that's how he ended up here through the portal. But, uh, you know, the way that they talk about him sort of reminds me of the way that they spoke about Cam Taylor Britt before that. So I'll be really curious, uh, you know, to see how they deploy him if he's sort of that lockdown corner opposite Quentin Newsom, um, how that sort of thing turns out. And then, you know, again, you can just kind of go down the list. What, is, what does Trey Palmer bring in a game setting? Everyone's been really impressed with him in scrimmages. What about uh, Stefan Wynn and Devin Drew on the line? I mean, those were two guys they brought in to shore up that run defense. And so, you know, where are they physically uh, in terms of being able to, to sort of gum up that those running lanes and, and you know, Northwestern is going to be a, a really interesting challenge for that right off the bat too. So I think that's kind of where I come down is, you know, Nebraska brought in 16 transfers. I think you could make the argument that, you know, 10, 11, 12 could potentially be starters. So, so how quickly do they integrate and how much of an immediate impact do they make? Because again, we talk about trying to evaluate what Nebraska can do this year. And typically when you're, when you're doing that with any college team over the course of history, it's been, you know, who's coming back, who's going to take that next step. But now there's so many other variables with guys coming in from elsewhere. That's going to be really fascinating to see. Evan Bland with the Omaha world Herald joining us right now, Evan, you mentioned the transfers and it looks like, or at least all indications point that a transfer is going to be starting at quarterback. Looks like Logan Smothers is unfortunately probably the odd man out of this one. What are you hearing and what are you seeing when it comes to the quarterback battle right now? Well, you know, I thought, you know, it was interesting because there was that discussion uh, about a week ago about Chubba Purdy getting splitting snaps with, with Casey Thompson and what does that mean? And I guess I never really read all that much into that discussion other than to say that they're trying to coach up somebody else to, to be that reliable number two. And as we know, um, injuries crop up and ineffectiveness happens. Sometimes you need to make a change. And Nebraska, over the course of the last four years, more often than not, has has suffered a pretty big drop off from when they have needed to go to a backup. Um, you know, in one of one one of those situations arise. So I think some of that was just prudence. Some of that was, um, you know, a high praise for what Purdy can be in the long term. 
Um, you know, I, I think that's the other interesting part about this battle, guys, is it, it's been sort of Thompson and Purdy for fall camp, uh, and, and it's tempting to sort of lump them into one group as like the transfer guys, but really they're, they're, they're on pretty different levels in the sense that Thompson's been a starter. He has two years of eligibility right. left. Purdy has four. I mean, he's, you can kind of treat him like a freshman mm-hmm. in, in that sense. I mean, he's yeah. been a backup. So like the idea that Thompson will be Purdy is not ridiculous in any sense. And, and, you know, even if Thompson does take the job and run with it, like we pretty much expect him to do, that's not to say that Purdy can't be Nebraska's guy in a year or two or three or whatever it might be. So I think ultimately what it says about the room is that there's more quality depth there than they've had, certainly under Scott Frost. And you can even go beyond two. I mean, Logan Smothers is still the last quarterback to start a game for Nebraska in the last game they played last year. And, and, and that's to say nothing for, Heinrich Harburg, who I think has a, a ton of upside with some of his physical tools and his uh, intangibles. And then Richard Torres, the, the true freshman yeah. who's in there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. by a lot of accounts has the strongest arm of the bunch too. So keeping the guys around, that's a different sort of discussion. But for right now, you know, again, I think the, the case is pretty easy to make that this is the deepest group of quarterbacks Nebraska's had in a long time. Well, that's definitely good, but let's shift uh, Evan real quick. Uh, Obviously, the Nebraska baseball team has added an addition of 20 people to their 2022 recruiting class as of Wednesday, Charlie Fisher being the one most recent coming out of southern Mississippi. What What is your thoughts as to why so busy in the transfer portal? Is it just stocking, uh, stocking talent, or are they really just going after and addressing needs that needed to be handled uh, after just a, a disappointing year last year? Well, first of all, I'll tell you what, it's up to 25. They added a couple high school guys oh, wow. here late in the process. Uh, Jalen Worthley uh, was a Lincoln East kid who was committed to uh, San Jose State, and they had a coaching change, and so he arrived. And then they added a guy by the name of J.C. Gutierrez, another lefty out of Texas, who was actually the high school strikeout leader in that state last year. He was committed to Texas Tech, and they had scholarship, uh, sort of a roster crunch out there. So he was another late ad. And so... But, but the point remains the same, Strick. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, you're talking now 25 newcomers and 21 players who have been in the program or are coming back from last year. So the newbies are going to outnumber the holdovers for this fall camp. And you do the math, it's 46 players on the roster right now. By, by next spring, they need to be down to 39. It's a 35-man roster, and they have four seniors who have uh, COVID exemptions who don't count against the roster. So seven guys aren't going to be on the team come the spring. You're, so you're, you're talking about a situation where you're not just battling for playing time and roles, but, but you're very spot on the team. And I think it's reflective of the season that Nebraska just had. I mean, they were 23 and 30. They were at no point above 500 all season. Didn't make their big 10 tournament, which was in Omaha. And so, you know, I think the response to that is very sec like, right? Like you think about uh, if Arkansas hadn't made the SEC tournament, would they have just kind of stood pat and hoped that guys developed? No, they would have overhauled some things. And that's what I think you're seeing with Nebraska. Um, you know, they added a lot of left-handed arms, which they were shy on. I think they diversified their roles on offense a lot more, which uh, needed to happen. Last year they had a lot of the same sort of guys who, uh, you know, thought they were maybe power guys, but you didn't have a lot of bunting. You didn't have a lot of speed. You didn't have a lot of hit and runs. And so they diversify that. And I think the other thing is you look around college baseball and some of the best teams, especially the last couple of years, have been 
older veteran teams. Nebraska was a veteran team in 2021 when they won the Big Ten. They were a pretty young team last year, so I think they went out and addressed through six transfers, through ten junior college additions, uh, some of that experience or that lack thereof that hurt them last year. Uh, they feel like they're going to be older, they're going to be more diverse, and it starts this fall, man, again, with a what's going to be a really competitive fall ball even more than usual. Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald covers football and baseball. Evan, I, I we're going to let you go here in a second, but the last question I want to ask you, Open Doors, they offered a breakdown of which sports are seeing the most deals. Uh, this one doesn't really surprise me. Football sits at about 30, 30%, but actually coming in second, they have baseball at 8% for NIL deals and men's basketball right behind at 7.5%. Does that surprise you, and how does that work to Nebraska's benefit? Obviously, the Big Ten, not a great baseball, I guess, powerhouse, but Nebraska, one of the better baseball teams. How is that going to benefit them moving forward? Uh, well, first of all, I would say, yeah, that does surprise me a little bit, that they would say that college baseball was number two. Um, you know, when the College World Series was here in June, I actually spent a lot of a day going around to some of those programs, the eight programs that made it to Omaha, and asked them about their NIL situations. And most of the programs had a handful of guys who were doing it, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a dominant sort of thing. I think in my research, college baseball, there's only, you know, two, three, four teams that sort of have dedicated uh, baseball NIL collectives. Tennessee was one of them. They, they've done a lot, made a lot of inroads there. Um, you know, in my, uh, in my experience or interaction with Nebraska, players there hasn't really been all that much i mean uh i know a couple of them last year had a at a radio show on on the ticket with you guys uh a couple of them did i think a valentino's commercial Mm -hmm. and maybe a couple other little things but uh you know you talk about how nil in football has grown into sort of this pay-for-play uh you know sort of deal i think in on the baseball side it's really to this point at least stayed kind of in the, in the arena of for which it was intended, right? Like to supplement guys' incomes, especially in a sport like baseball, that's partial scholarship. You know, nobody has a really a full ride scholarship like you do in football or basketball. So, uh, you know, my sense is that the NIL um, factor has not affected Nebraska too much to this point. Now, again, that could change. There's a lot. I think that's going to change about the sport in the coming years. There's a chance that baseball in two years, could be a full scholarship sports, depending on how um, you know some of this legislation goes in the in the near future. But um, yeah, I, I think the opportunities there's certainly potential for that to to take hold with Nebraska baseball a little bit more. But again, to this point, NIL is really still just 13 months old. I don't think it's affected the program specifically too much. Evan, if people want to get more great content from you, how can they do so? Well, then go to Omaha.com. Um, we've got a lot of stuff up there every day, practice reports. Now the season's going to be getting rolling. Um, you know, lots lots going on there. So, uh, you know, at our website, on, on Twitter, at Evan Bland, uh, OWH. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, it, it just doesn't stop, right? Like, there's all kinds of stuff going on all the time. The season's coming back now, and, and we're ready to roll. Evan, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, guys. All right, there he goes. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Again, one of the better guests that we have on here. Knows his stuff. 
He's one of those guys because I know a lot of us aren't thinking about baseball, but he's still he's still got all the content that you need. I promise you that. So if you're trying to get some good baseball coverage and obviously football as we head into the season, uh, Evan Bland is definitely the way to go. We're gonna take a quick break, but go ahead and call us now. 402-464-5685. It's time to play shootout with Strick for your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. Strick's trying to get on fire. He's trying to get hot over there. He's got a little bit of a win streak going. Let's see if you can break it up. Go ahead and call us, 402-464-5685. Shootout with Strick is next on The Block.